Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Play It Forward. It is your co-host, Nathan. I am joined here by my partner in crime on the people team, Leanne. Hello, hello. And we have a very special guest, somebody who we very rarely talk to. It's not as though we have a Monday morning meeting at 11 every single week. It's not as though we sit across from the desk uh, all the time. The one and only Sam Foster. Hello, everyone. It's great to see you. You can't see it, but Sam just waved at you. Even though it's a podcast, there is a Oh, wave. I didn't realize there's no video. I thought I didn't <laughs> this, see. This is just uh, a podcast. This is right. a podcast. No, but it's a virgin. It's an Hustle audio context. wave. Yeah. We'll take it. Back for um, the second time, may I add. Um, we don't get many comebacks at the Play It Forward podcast, but this is Sam back for the second time first time talking about selection now talking about something else and that's actually i think that's that would that's a good intro to our first question which is sam mm-hmm. why are you back a second time what, right. what exactly do you even do what's your job why are you here thanks thanks for that i appreciate that <laughs> um no bus or anything here right Um, Well, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, I guess most people would kind of know me as being on on the selection team. Um, It's it's kind of where I've been for for three years now. I just stepped into a new role, which is 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 really exciting, kind of a, um, I guess, a tour of duty, as as we call them here. Um, So I've joined the platform team um, within the kind of business operations team. It's a mix of process building, uh, part analytics, part insights. Um, really trying to build a, a smarter, more efficient, more data-driven endeavor um, and informed. Um, so in a sense, I guess it would be kind of building processes around the data that we need to collect and figuring out how to get that into the hands of our account managers and teams. Building data. Those are like big work. So Sam is a data engineer? Is that what I'm hearing? It's, it's, a, it's a mix of a few different things. I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily claim to call myself a, a data engineer, um, but certainly in the sense of, of helping make sure that we're collecting the right things uh, and that our teams have access to that information, it's certainly part of that. So All right. could, could you make it a little bit more tangible? Like, How do you work with other departments, either within global or other offices? Yeah, so I think it might be helpful maybe to take uh, a real-world project that um, I've probably been talking to many of the people listening about exactly, which is uh, our Entrepreneur Impact Survey. So um, from the start, this is kind of um, identifying which pieces of information that we need to collect, um, be that uh, information about the companies that our entrepreneurs work at, be that information about the the entrepreneurs themselves. figuring out which pieces of information we need to collect and then building out a way for our teams to easily uh, input and structure that information into our systems. Uh, So in the form of the impact survey, that's um, really building the the process through which our account managers can follow up with and uh, record our entrepreneurs' information. Is that more tangible? Very tangible indeed, perfect. Sam, I I do have a question. Um, Let's say I were, and I'm extremely pivoting here, 
I, I, I don't know. I hope this helps clarify um, your role for the staff. It will help, certainly help for me. Um, if I were someone on the local team, what sort of things can I approach you about? Um, what sort of data would you have for me? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So um, really it run, runs the gamut, but it really centers around um, kind of our EX uh, and kind of Endeavor operations. Um, and so that's uh, information on, on the selection side, uh, information on the kind of servicing side, uh, and then pieces that, that touch that as well. So um, information that we capture from Catalyst, for, for example, or from um, making sure that the information that we capture um, through our EX operations can be um, translated to and, and made into marketing materials, um, things like that. Got it. So let's say I was um, an EX staff wanting to learn more about how we're invest where the future of let's say a vertical was and if Catalyst has invested on a certain vertical and like how that's looking, would you be able to tell me um, things like that? Yeah, exactly. So uh, it could be Catalyst information. It could be selection information. Uh, for example, if you're looking to understand what the median revenue and, and CAGR of a candidate company in a given period is, something like that. Um, or if you're looking to understand information about our entrepreneurial priorities um, or our current our current portfolios uh, metrics around uh, revenue or servicing operations, things like that, I can certainly help to, to dig in and, and find either to help build the right process to kind of understand and capture that or to make sure that we can share that information with you as a team. Amazing. That's super helpful. Nate. All right. Um, so if you are um, Mr. Data at Global, I'm curious, what do you think are the biggest misconceptions staff have about said data? That is a, a good question. Um, misconceptions. I think um, one of one of them that I that I hear or or find is um, um, I guess that we don't we don't have a, a lot of information. Or we don't have the data. Um, in many cases, um, we if we don't have the exact field that that someone's looking for, the exact piece of information, we typically can either get to that through some of our other platforms, uh, such as as PitchBook, or um, in in many ways, for example, we have built the backend platforms to connect to open. So if you uh, put in a functional skill for a mentor, if you search that on open, it automatically pulls that in and you can make sure that you're finding the right mentors to help with the specific challenge that you're looking for. Um, so I think maybe one of those misconceptions is that um, the data is kind of locked away and, and hidden. Um, I think maybe this the second misconception I, I would say is that um, related to that kind of being being locked away is that um, we as as kind of teams can't look at and, and analyze our own information 
um, and then begin to build that into really interesting playbooks that we can share across different offices. I'm seeing plenty of examples of, of teams that are uh, pulling their servicing data, pulling their candidate information and analyzing that in really interesting ways um, to, to build playbooks and frameworks around how to uh, either service a company or how to look at selecting various entrepreneurs. Amazing. All right. Well, then, um, maybe could you, could you, I'm going to ask you to name names. Is there anybody in particular who you think is like doing interesting stuff in, with data? There, there are, I, I hate to name names with like, cause I feel like I'm always leaving people out. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but I think, um, I think there's there's a few off the top of my head that I would I would I would call um maybe one um that was actually just presented at the the EX retreat which has been been put together by the Endeavor Brazil team um, to name names they have um they've analyzed their their candidates and their entrepreneurs and have begun to develop what they are calling entrepreneur personas. Um, ways of classifying an entrepreneur by looking at their past candidates, their current entrepreneurs, and analyzing what makes a successful entrepreneur um, and, and what kind of builds that, what we're trying to build at Endeavor, which is like that entrepreneurial life cycle of, of paying it forward, building your business, scaling your business, and then paying it forward as an entrepreneur. Um, so they analyze what types of entrepreneurs uh, are most likely to fulfill that um, and have um broken those down into ways of classifying both uh the the type of entrepreneur but then that can also translate into other things such as how endeavor can support those entrepreneurs what kinds of uh priorities and, and needs that those entrepreneurs have across different personas so um it's a really interesting way of looking at um their their candidates so that's one i would call out amazing now now that is a uh, an innovation or a change that is happening in a local office. One of the things, or one of the changes that we're making at a global office is we are actually changing up how we think about NPS. And this is something that I know you've been hammering in. Um, it's something you feel very, but you feel very passionately. passionately. You feel, yeah, exactly. Um, if, if anybody wants to get Sam riled up, just talk to him about <laughs> NPS. Um, and so what is the change that we're making and why do you think it's important? What do you think it's going to reveal? Perfect. And, um, thanks for, for leading into that. It was a great segue. Um, so yes, uh, it is something I've been passionate about, um, and something I've, I've raised, uh, I was, I guess, a, a fly in Adrian's ear long enough. Um, and it, it worked out that um, I, I guess the change that we're making is that we'll still have an NPS score that will be calculated slightly differently. So historically, we've calculated anyone who didn't respond as a passive. So they were looped in as someone who had responded and scored six or sorry, seven or eight. Um, so what that did was it gave us uh, an encompassing NPS, but we kind of lost the nuance of year-to-year -year changes in the NPS, because it could have been that the response 
had affected the NPS. Um, so you could have the same NPS with a response rate of 80 or a response rate of 60, depending on how your entrepreneurs had scored. So by removing the non-respondents from the actual NPS score, it gives us a true NPS. And then we can also present uh, a response rate. And my hope is that by, by separating out these two numbers, the NPS score can really begin to and, and really stand for uh, overall satisfaction. How likely is an entrepreneur to recommend who's, who's responded endeavor to a qualified entrepreneur? And then the response rate can really uh, function as a, a level of engagement either within an office or uh, a vertical or, or anything like that. So it allows us to get, have a slightly more nuanced understanding of why our entrepreneurs responded the way they did or didn't respond. All right, that's, I mean, I think those are big changes, but also I've been hearing this conversation week after week on our meetings. I hope um, everybody else who's listening on, on in this conversation be like, oh, you're removing the passive? That is big. Can't imagine um, anyone's ex as excited as <laughs> I am. That said, I, I hope that it's a welcome change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's something that sticks out to you um, for being so similar to last year's, I guess, NPS? On NPS. Interesting. Um, I think one of the things that's always, always heartwarming whenever I do the NPS is, is seeing the comments and the responses. Um, while it gives us actual feedback and there are uh, people who aren't as happy with with their their service, and a, a net promoter score of of seventy eight, which as an organization is is what we have, is is incredible. It's really really high. A retail average for like a retail company is zero. So to have a, a network of entrepreneurs that really love and support us year after year is is really it's both heartwarming, uh, and it also I consistently see it. Um, in in the the data that we we get and the comments that that um, our entrepreneurs write for us, um, so I think it's really interesting to see how while potentially there are changes year over year, the overwhelming kind of resounding sentiment that we get is that as an organization, um, we're providing a, a great service. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I guess mostly so it's it and it's it ranges from like endeavors the best. I love endeavor. It's changed my whole life um, through to like uh, the endeavor team truly cares. My account manager knows even my personal life. They they help with everything. It's an amazing network. Um, they support us like they're our co-founder. It's things like that that are just um, incredibly powerful. Love that. Now, I know that is an incredibly heartwarming story, and I'm all for heartwarming, except I want to get like the juicy stuff. I want to get the gossip, or maybe not even that. I'm, I'm curious with like, if, if the score, our NPS score was like 78 this year, and last year was 79. Is it all just the same? Like, did anything change? Presumably there should be like some, something that's different 
if we're if you know we have new people or new events or new things it's a different market conditions so to the extent possible can you give us maybe a quick snapshot and i know that we're having this podcast before you've had a chance to go like really deep into the number into the numbers but to the extent possible can you have you have you been able to see anything like, oh, this stands out as like, this is different. Maybe it's a vertical that is like either significantly higher or lower than last year or region or something else. Hmm. That's a, that's a good, that's a good question. That's a tough question. Um, significantly different than than last year. To be clear, there's there's changes always year over year, uh, both in most offices NPS and in their their overall response rate. So I think um, it's not necessarily. I wouldn't say it's true to say that that year over year the score is the the exact same. Um, I think you'll find interesting nuances across verticals and across regions. Um, and and across offices, um, and and so I guess one of those maybe it's not something that's different from year, but it is something that does change. One of the things um, that that I have noticed can be very uh, it can affect a, kind of a, an entrepreneur's NPS is is if there's team turnover or, or people who there's a change in in their service. Um, I found that that um, can commonly affect. Uh, the the kind of degree to which the entrepreneur is is satisfied. I think um, the other thing maybe I'd call it's not again it's 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 not necessarily different from from years prior, but I think it is interesting to 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 see how uh, it, either within a company or within uh, an office or within a vertical to look at how. Uh, kind of a population's responses has changed year over year. You can really begin to understand um, the overall life cycle of supporting an Endeavor entrepreneur from kind of candidate through to um, when we typically transition an entrepreneur to alumni. And so I think by looking in, into that, you can really begin to understand some of the things that as an organization, we could, we could do to really make sure that at each stage of an entrepreneur's kind of life cycle within Endeavor. We're providing the right level of services and the right, the right offering to that entrepreneur. Um, so I think that might be, uh, it's an interesting thing that I'm looking at now. Um, and so I guess if there's one thing to call out as a change, um, it's how entrepreneurs change over time. All right, you know, you're just setting yourself up for even more work with another podcast where we're gonna go through the numbers of like, entrepreneur NPS compared to like year after selection in, break, in that breakdown. Um, yeah. You may, Interesting. Um, all right. I've got one more question, but I want to toss it back to Leanne before we wrap up. No, let's, let's wrap this up. And I just want to say this is not a question but more of a comment if there's like one guy at endeavor who like i want to pick their brains um it's certainly sam very insightful it's a different um conversation about the things that we do i i think um it 
you know, there are times and being at people too, we we just get a very different, we do things differently, not now data driven, <laughs> now data driven, before not so. But when I am stuck on something and in order for me to like move along, sometimes there are like two, three ways to do it. Sometimes it would just be, a, okay, I need ideas. I need to have a conversation. But there are times that I just need to understand. And yeah, it's certainly helpful that there's someone in charge of like data now. And and just to, I guess, respond to that question, comment. Um, first, thank you. Second, if anyone who is listening to this now would like to reach out on any of the topics or really anything related to, to kind of data kind of insights that you as a team as or as an individual are looking for, please reach out. Amazing. All right. Well, then that is going to set us up for the final question, which is, so we, we made this change of separating NPS and response rate. What's what's next? Either, or maybe what's, what's a, another change that you would want to make? Um, could be a process that we would revise, a piece of data that we would start capturing that we're not capturing yet. Um, whether everybody's salary is entirely contingent on Salesforce data, and maybe that's the big change that you would want to make. What's the extreme form of governance? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, interesting question. A tough one. Um, hmm. Hmm. I mean, maybe I'm still slightly biased to like a, an EX or selection perspective. Um, but it actually ties across a bunch of other things. I think I, I would love to try and update and build out a good process for Endeavor to, to really do a, like a good job of track, tracking our entrepreneurs' priorities. Things, everything from what the entrepreneur is focused on to like what a mentor can help with, um, making sure that that's attached um, and, and showing on all of our meetings that we're leveraging that within all of our data um, and that teams are adding those as they come up. And then, for example, once they're added, they can see a list of mentors and past projects and entrepreneurs who figured this out themselves. And um, I think it, it's, we've, it's, it's something, I guess, that we're, I think we're, we're underutilizing. There's a ton of potential for what it could do, both in terms of the, the kind of historical data that we've already captured for the last four or five years through to how I think our teams could leverage it in a real-time way to connect their entrepreneurs to the right mentors. Amazing, amazing. Well, with that, all right, everybody, let's get on entrepreneur priorities. Uh, a rousing call. Uh, thank you so much, Sam. Um, looking forward to, to bringing you back at some point. Again, yeah. Third time. Third time's the charm. Thank you, Sam. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. I hope uh, everyone who's listened enjoys. And um, thank you all very much. <laughs>